Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a while since I've <laughs> recorded this podcast with Alfie. Alfie. God, what was that? That was uh, my new hit single. That's going to be the opening music to um, our podcast every week because I don't know how to edit things. So I'm Fucking gonna... hell. That was horrific. Sorry. Yeah, if you turned it off after that. Um, <laughs> I bye, wouldn't blame I you. Yeah, yeah, no, that, uh, yeah. I've had better intros. Let's let's just yep. leave it at that. Um, so, Alfie, it's been a yeah. while, my friend. It has. Feels How, like it's been ages. It has been. It's been. It's been probably about two weeks. Our fans are yeah, dying, yeah. man. Exactly. Suicide yeah. rate up again. God damn it, again. Actually, mm. Theresa May stepped down because we've stepped away for yeah, exactly. So long. She was so damagedly affected. It wasn't <laughs> all the Brexit mess. It was. The lack of the Arsenal Cannon podcast on iTunes. Yeah, what the, what the fuck is Brexit? You mean the lack of an Arsenal Cannon podcast? Yeah. It, uh, it's drugs, man. It is. It's some people's drugs. <laughs> some people's uh, drugs. Like 99 people's, by the way, because 99 listeners listened last two weeks ago. Two weeks really? ago to our most recent. 90 fucking nine. So if you're Why listening can't we just to get hundreds? Jesus just click on it. Fucking yeah. Christ. If you're if listening you to this podcast, to last one. Yeah. please God, just get us to a hundred. And in fact, if you are the hundredth listener, there's no way for us to tell and we won't give you anything, but we'd really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. We'd rate you. We would rate you very highly. Mm. In fact, I rate your tolerance if you even listen to this podcast, to be honest. Yeah, so. to be fair. We're going to talk about Arsenal, though. I do promise that because this is the Arsenal Cannon podcast, not the British idiot and American idiot uh, <laughs> talking about nonsense podcast. That would probably be a good one, though, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should start as well. Probably, yeah. An idiot from both sides of the mm. of the pond. Yeah. That's that's quite a good name, actually. Yeah. We'll look Idiots into it. from both sides of the pond. It's a long one, but it'll do. Mm-hmm. It's better than so, the Arsenal Cannon podcast. Yeah, and it'll be. It, it might make just as much ad revenue as this one, man. Mm. We're rich, so ten p or cents. Yeah. yeah, so I just got a new yacht with that. Um, <laughs> chilling with uh, Stan, chilling with yeah. Stan Kroenke and Don know. Robbie. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's. Hey, how about this? How about we both shut the fuck up and get into the actual yes. shit that people are here to listen to. Mm. So it's been a while. It's been a it, while. it has been a while, and we missed I got... Burnley and Valencia, two brilliant wins. Yeah, yeah, two two really good wins, especially mm. the um, the one that's more in my mind because that seemed like it was a while ago. Was mm. um, is the Burnley game? Yeah. Obviously, we had to make up an eight goal difference to have any chance of even getting into that top four spot. So there yeah. really wasn't any pressure on the game at all. Mm. But it was well, result. you never know with Spurs. Remember, five one against Newcastle. That's that's very true. Mm. And I, we did what we had to do, though. Three one uh, to Burnley away from home. That's a pretty damn good result, if we're being honest. It is, yeah. They're pretty solid. So, mm. uh, but I think they were on the beach. Definitely, they had yeah. been on the beach. They looked time. tired, particularly in the second half when we really oh, yeah. capitalized. Yep, and we ran rings around them. And uh, shout out to Eddie and Ketia who got his. Got his mm. nice little goal there at the end. That was nice to see. Aubameyang was trying so hard to get that hat trick. Yeah, he well, he to... should have got it with that chance. Don't know what he was doing. He should have. Mm. Yep, but Aubameyang also included in a three-way tie for the Golden Boot. 
with Liverpool, Sadio Mane, and Mohamed Salah. I was confused as to what they would actually do in mm. that situation. I thought they'd maybe give it to the guy with the most assists, which apparently was Salah. But they just gave a golden boot to all three of them, so mm. okay. Well, I thought they might get a chainsaw and sort of cut up the golden boot <laughs> and give them Endemic. each a bit of the statue or statue trophy award Do thing. you think that it would have to be precise measurements to like avoid any kind of lawsuit or... Yeah, potentially. Yeah, that would be that would be rough. So they figured, you know, let's just cut our losses and um, mm. and give them each a golden shoe. Mm. It's a shame. Or alternatively, I thought that it was supposed to go down to something like assists or goals per minute or uh, that's what I thought. Shot conversion or whatever. But no, they just shared it. It was a bit anticlimactic, to be honest. Yeah, because I was like at the end. Because the, the Liverpool game had ended. They won 2-0, and then mm. City obviously won as well. It wasn't enough for Liverpool to win the league. Um, mm. So, at the end, I was just like, come on, Aubameyang, get that golden boot. Come on. Like, that's <laughs> that's all that I, that's all I was rooting for at the end. There was no chance in us getting anything else. So Yeah. But a three-way tie, I guess, I guess I'll take it. Mm. But uh, other than that, some actual news has been going on as yep. well. Regarding the Europa League is, is most of the news that I'm going to talk about today, but mm. the biggest piece of news regarding the Europa League is definitely the Henrik Mkhitaryan situation. Now, Mkhitaryan obviously is Armenian, and I don't know the exact details of the situation. The I know mm. the beef. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the beef is about, but I know that the two countries are evidently at war. And well, I think they're sort of at war at the moment. I think it's sort of some sort of conflict, but they were properly at war a while ago. See, I don't even know. There's so many times, like as an American who lives very far away from there, there mm. were so many tiny little countries over there. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, sure. Apparently they're at war. Absolutely. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but um, Mkhitaryan apparently isn't allowed to go. And... Nope. A lot of people aren't allowed to go. If your name ends with Ian, there's a big <laughs> chance that you can't go. So the Kardashians, unfortunately, will not be there. Mm. And it's what a shame! What a shame! And it, I'm it's, sure Kim would have loved to watch Iwobi. <laughs> why do you say that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> why not like uh, why not uh, Leno or something? Yeah. Well, will Leno be on the pitch? Well, Leno be on the we'll get onto we'll, that. We'll, we'll get a beautiful outfit. Absolutely <laughs> excellent. But anyway, let's talk about the Mkhitaryan situation. Alfie, I want to get your thoughts on this. I'm pretty sure the majority of people are in agreement of it. Mm. It's a disgrace, I think, personally, from the uh, from UEFA, to be honest with you. Absolutely. With this situation going on between the two countries, I mean, and let's have it right. It's not like Arsenal were exactly underdogs in the competition from the get-go. There was a very strong chance that Arsenal could have made the final. Exactly. And Chelsea. I mean, just to do with the travel things. But yeah, there's a very strong chance Arsenal could have made the final. Mkhitaryan would have been able to play. So So it just made no sense. And then apparently the other two places up for contention for the final, this is according to AFTV, I did not know this actually, Mm. were Istanbul and Seville. Mm. And how the hell did Baku come to be the one that got, got picked? Well, corruption, money, probably had the most money to to, to give them, the Azerbaijan 
football federation probably had the most the most dosh to provide UEFA. That's how, <laughs> that's, that's probably what, what it came down to. Dosh, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Why else? It's not like I mean, I don't know much about Azerbaijan. Frankly, I know that a team there is called Karabag, and apparently they don't, like, they don't like Armenians too much. Mm. That is the extent of what I know about the country. I think it's quite a beautiful country in places, and I think Baku itself is quite a nice city. But just the fact that a player could potentially miss out on playing is just ridiculous. That just shows that in a nutshell shows that it shouldn't be fit as a venue for the final. And then the, all the travel things, it's just a joke. The, I mean, <sighs> and that's the next part we're going to get into, the travel thing. Mm. Obviously, that doesn't really affect me too much because I'm, I'm a plastic fan. I'm not a match-going guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the people that like to go, and in all seriousness, you know, the fans that like to go home and away and they have that kind of dedication – there is a extremely large portion of them that just have absolutely no option to go mm. because it's so far away. It's so expensive. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Mm. Well, it, it's quite ironic that an organization that prides itself on inclusiveness has literally excluded a large proportion of fans and a player from participating in this, in this final or all for their own financial benefit. Yeah, and not just Arsenal either. I mean, let's have it right. Chelsea fans are going through the exact same thing. Mm. I mean, I know that they don't have any of their players really missing out on it that I know mm. of, at least. Um, mm. But still, the and apparently the ticket allocation for each side was about six thousand, and they're Joke. actually they're and they're actually struggling to get there. Yeah, and it's because. Well, the reason they had 6,000 is because they physically couldn't fit enough people in at the airport. That's a fucking joke, man. That is a complete joke. And it's it's the furthest point. It's the furthest country from the UK within the, UEFA, the, the countries in UEFA. You can't go any further and you can't fly directly. You can't even fly directly to Baku. Oh, my God. And so you could drive, but you'd have had to leave a, about a week before the game. Yeah, I heard it's, according to DT on the All Guns Blazing podcast, it's about a, I forgot what the number he said. I think, I, I may be wrong, but I think he said it's about a 90-hour drive total. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you can fly to to Moscow, but then you have to fly, that's about four hours. Then from Moscow to Baku, it's about, I'm assuming, about four hours. And then you have to stop in Moscow for ages, and that is just ridiculously expensive. Yeah, and then apparently they're also not waiving the visas or anything mm. like that. So fans are having to wait for visas. Fans, like I said earlier, ending or with their last names ending in Ian are getting rejected because they have Armenian. Their great grandpa was Armenian, so they're not allowed to go. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> seriously, that's a joke. Mm. I have a friend who's part Armenian. He may not have been able to go to this. Yeah, and it's just like what, and then mm. not to mention even disregard all of the corruption from UEFA and mm. the um, I, I don't I, what's the word to describe it I, I guess the tension between Armenia and, and Azerbaijan yeah and it's just not just that it's just the prices that people are saying that they'd have to pay to get out there mm. it's like over two grand per person or something like that for the grand mm. total of something you know there's obviously need to get hotels they need mm. to eat when they're out there 
It's mm. just, it's absolute craziness. I, it is. And I, I sort of understand what UEFA's thinking was when they gave the final it. As in, they want to stretch it to more countries that haven't previously hosted it. You, you know, they don't want the traditional countries of England, you know, sort of the Western European countries to completely dominate the final each year. But as soon as they found out that, A, uh, clubs from England were quite likely to get there, but even the other big clubs that start in the tournament, you know, AC Milan, Valencia, um, yeah. Valencia, that's a very long way for them as well. As, as soon as they realised that, they should have been thinking of the fans, not just their own financial situation. It's just, oh, it's just an absolute joke. I can't believe that we're going to have about three thousand fans out for you, our first European, uh, our first European final for thirteen years. It's it's absolutely embarrassing. It's humiliating, and a, it's a disgrace from from UEFA. To be honest with you, and it's not something that we that we're not that we're that we're not used to, you know. Exactly. I mean, they, they're not exactly an uncontroversial corporation, you know. Yeah. Well, so. them and FIFA. FIFA's probably worse. I mean, and then the Qatar, FA. Yeah, the FA. Yeah, as well. I wouldn't say so. it's quite at the same level, but no. it doesn't really have the same power. Obviously. Um, but yeah, I think the the media does need to sort of. Um, I think they need to ask more questions of these of these sort of corrupt organizations. I, I think, think a, a huge yeah. problem with that, Alfie. Sorry to cut you off. I think a huge problem with that is that the journalists that are you know writing for the media mm. probably kind of rely on UEFA to a certain extent to essentially give them paychecks. I know that UEFA is not paying them directly, but, mm. you know, they give them the media passes when they get to the stadium and things like that. So they don't want to have bad relations with them. So you're not going to see them coming out and dogging on them. And it's, I guess it's also, um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, the media. What was I going to say? Yeah, it also provides the media with a bit more attention in their in their articles and their their news stories, you know, a bit, a few more clicks um, yeah. from this story. But also, I know what you're saying there, but I do think the media has its it sort of role should be to challenge the authorities over ethical issues like this. I agree, a hundred percent. Exactly, that should... is what the media should be acting as. And I know there have been there have been quite a few good articles uh, in the UK about this, but. There needs to be more in the media because, on the whole, I think the media is poor at doing stuff like this, and it doesn't challenge the authorities as much. And they talk about these shitty article, uh, shitty stories that no one really cares about. It's just yeah. <laughs> well, mm. All it basically is now is just, I mean, the transfer windows opened. Apparently, for example, Delict, the Dutch kid, is mm. going to United. Then he's not going to United. Then he is, and now mm. oh no, it, you know, it's, that's the kind of crap they like to write because that's what gets clicks. Yeah. Just but just, challenge the important things, which is what the media should be acting as. It is, yeah, and that's you. Might, I mean, you get a degree to be a journalist. That is what you mm. should want to aspire to do. Exactly. So not to write shit about Kim Kardashian wearing yeah. a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, uh, what are you going to do? though? there's nothing, nothing we mm. really can do. I mean, it's out of our hands. The finals in what three days? You know, there's. Mm. It's coming up on Wednesday. That's a that's a bit weird to get used to 
fed European games Thursdays mm. after Thursdays after Thursdays. Now we're having the well, hopefully, it will be the start of Tuesdays and Wednesdays midweek football again. That is huge. We have to. I mean, mm. uh, okay. Now I'm going to say this about the Champions League. I think that if we do get into the Champions League, and obviously that would have to be mm. by winning the Europa League we will probably get the shit slapped out of us at some point in the tournament because we're not quite good enough, I don't think. However, financially, and for the good of the club, we need to get in the Champions League. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, I can't believe there have been suggestions actually saying, oh, there's no point in being in the Champions League because we'll just get knocked out in the last 16 again. Yeah, who the fuck Maybe, cares? but... Surely you'd rather be rather be playing the Premier in sorry in the Champions League than this shitty tournament. This like, tournament as much as we can big crap. it up, the group stages in both seasons have been pretty horrific to watch at times. I mean It's awful. I, I remember going to some of these games, you know, Carabag at home, sporting at home, which were just dreadful. Yeah, it gets well, a bit more just... exciting towards the end of the tournament where you start to play yeah. better teams, but for a lot of it, it's just you're playing farmers. It's just yeah, not exactly. exciting. Mm. Yeah, and also, then, yeah, as you said, the financial aspect of it. Yeah, and I mean, reliable journalists such as David Ornstein has come out and basically said, mm. you know, the transfer budget, if they if Arsenal don't make the, the Champions League, is going to be pretty similar to last season's of about £40 mm. million. Pounds. And then if we yeah. do make it, it'll be about £80 million. Exactly. So that's a, a fucking drastic difference. Mm. So, and that's not including um, s- player sales and exactly. uh, some more sponsors- sponsorship deals. So Exactly. And, and good tra- yeah. that's a good transition into the next bit of news. I mean, players are already being linked. Of course, the transfer window mm. has opened, so players are going to mm. be linked. And, of course, Arsenal fans are desperate for new players, as always. So the journalists know what to post because they know what gets the clicks. Yep. Here are some of the players that have been linked with us. Alfie, I figure we could just talk about each one of these a little bit briefly, and then mm. we'll move on to the whole Petr Cech situation. That should be yeah. That should be a fun one. Interesting. Yep. Yes. So, players that have been linked with Arsenal, I have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. I have five total written mm. down. I will be honest with you, a majority that I – declined to write down basically i didn't know who the hell they were so i didn't i didn't want to i didn't want to give saliba is that one of them yeah that that's actually one i did not write down i don't yeah, know anything the 18 about year old center back i don't either and then there was one um at hatafi i think is i don't know how to say his name i think it's De Jean oh yeah or something dejean dejean i think it is yeah and he's been linked as well and you know maybe that would be a good signing but honestly i am not going to express an opinion on somebody that i know nothing about mm. so but the players that i've written down written that i've written down are <laughs> costas manolas ryan fraser thomas Partey, wilfred zaha and samuel umtiti i love the way you just said what did you say costas manolas costas manolas <laughs> <laughs> I like it, man. I like it. I like it better. My Kosas way. Manolas. Kosas Manolas. Granola, <laughs> man. You know. Mm. So let's. Well, that's the first one I mentioned, Alfie. I actually mm. posted a tweet about Mister Mister Manolas, and mm. you said he is highly overrated. I do not know much about him. We don't have very good access to the Syria here in the mm. states, so 
I don't know if you maybe know a little bit more about him than me, but what do you mm. make of the of the Greek defender? Kostas Manalas. Um, Kostas Manalas. Uh, uh, <laughs> I've I've seen a bit of him uh, here and there in the Champions League over the years, and I, don't get don't get me wrong, I do think he is a good player, and he would be an upgrade on Mustafi. I hope so. However, I do think yeah, a, a lot of people seem to think he's sort of the. He's, he would be the saviour um, if he came into our team and he'd be the, the commanding upgrade centre-back we need. But I personally think he's just a bit overrated. He is a bit error-prone. And I've heard things, people comparing it, saying he is just the Greek Mustafi. So oh, God, we do not need that. doesn't man. fill me with um, particular excitement, that one, personally. I think there are better options. I'd rather see us go for someone like Saliba the 18-year-old, although no one knows anything about him. Um, and it's a bit more of an Arsene Wenger type turning up. The, right. the, the thought of youth does excite me a bit more than getting someone like um, Kostas Manolas. Yeah, I actually, I actually agree with that. And I've, I've heard things about that, people saying that he is error-prone, but I didn't know mm. if they were just being annoying or if they were actually educated mm. within their their opinions but and the the release clause length around him is not exactly like cheap you know mm. i mean it's said to be somewhere in the vicinity of about 31 to 36 million pounds it depends mm. different headlines have been writing different things um but that is not cheap let's mm. have it right that is not for cheap. our budget yeah exactly yeah and that is you know when you look at somebody like saliba i think the Price linked around him was said to be about 18 million pounds or something, if mm. I'm not mistaken. That'd be a much more Arsenal type signing. It would be, and it would be a much a, a much lower risk signing as well, because yeah. if he doesn't work out, he well, he was only 18 million, you know. Mm. Whereas if we buy Manolas, well, 18 million on an unknown 18 year old is a bit of a risk. It is, but today's... I see where you're coming from, yeah. But in today's market, we can. Get that back, uh, even yeah, if he if it, even if he is shit, you know. So mm. whereas thirty thirty million for Manolas, you know, just like we bring in Mustafi for about thirty five million, there's no mm. way in hell we're getting that back. No we're way. going to have to take a cut, and I want to sell him, but I think the utmost we'll get for him is about twenty million pounds, and yeah. that is somebody is out of their fucking mind. <laughs> and I, I hope some people are, but um. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I don't have too much of an opinion on that guy because I don't know much about him. But mm. there is no doubt in my mind that we do need center backs. Another position that we need is that of a winger. This one is divided opinion quite a bit, Alfie. And I think me and you are actually in agreement on this one. Yeah, it's that of Bournemouth Ryan Fraser. Fraser. Bournemouth. <laughs> Bournemouth. We go through this every time. Bournemouth. 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 Ryan Bournemouth. Fraser. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a difficult one to say he will definitely be a success or he'll definitely be a failure. But I do think he's shown this season that he is a good player. He's second most assist in the league. Um, I think he got eight goals or something as well. He's certainly not an incredible or inspiring signing but for the budget that we're on and the sort of squad that we've got at the moment I do think he'd be an upgrade on the likes of Iwobi and Mkhitaryan so I would take him personally maybe. but I don't think him particularly if Mkhitaryan and maybe Ozil go I definitely don't think he is sufficient 
as by himself. But I do think he'd yeah. be a good signing. I agree, and I actually think that if we will, if we are to bring him in, he would be a really good. He'd be a really good squad player, actually, because yeah. I think he's an impact player. And mm. I actually saw a really interesting statistic, and this will absolutely infuriate any of the Ozil fanboys listening to it <laughs> because they love this statistic more than anything. I don't know if you saw my tweet about it, but Ryan Fraser has created the most assists, most clear-cut chances, I guess is what they called it, in mm. the Premier League this season at 28. Yeah. And then the second most, I think, was about Hold on, let me check out the screenshot so I actually am accurate on this so I don't sound like a complete dumbass. <laughs> okay, so the second one is Eden Hazard with 18. So 10 Really? Less. Yeah. That is a, encouraging. A, that is an incredible statistic. I'm not a mm. stats man I, because I think a lot of times stats don't tell the entire story. Mm. I like stats, a, personally. You're a stat guy? Yeah, I am. But I do think some can be misleading. But I think that I'm, that pretty much speaks for itself. 28 chances created. There's 38 mm. games in a Premier League season. And he's playing for the team that came in, what, 12 or 13th? Mm. So that's pretty encouraging, man, I have to say. Yep. And I think it is worth pointing out he's an excellent crosser of the ball and got brilliant delivery. And that is something we sort of lack. Yeah, I mean, I even from our fullbacks, Kalasanach... Although some of his cutbacks are very good and his low-driven ones, he doesn't float in a nice aerial ball very often um, for our attackers to attack. And that is something Ryan Fraser can do. So, yeah, encouraging. I would not mind that signing at all. I wouldn't at all. And also, it's worth mentioning that he would not cost nearly as much as the likes of a Wilfred Zaha or somebody like that. And speaking mm. of Wilfred Zaha, he's the other, another one. player that's been linked, another winger. Obviously, Zaha is an extremely exciting player. Ended the last Premier League season with 10 goals and five assists. But I think he brings a lot more to the table than that. Mm. He is a little shit, (laughs) Wilfred Zaha. And I think, think, honestly, we could use a player like him because he is such a nuisance. He's so difficult to deal with. He's incredibly Mm. fast, incredibly skilled. Mm. And... I mean, there's no, I, I mean, it's not even because I do think sometimes he dives, don't get me wrong, but I think he's fouled a lot and that influences him a bit. He doesn't seem to get quite frustrated. Exactly. Yeah, he gets the absolute shit, shit, the absolute <laughs> shit knocked out of him, just like kind of like Neymar. I mean, Neymar dies, yeah, but yeah. let's have it right. He gets the crap knocked out of him. Mm. And a lot of times that crap getting knocked out of him just so happens to be in the box in which they're attacking. So he gets his team's penalties all the time. Mm. So. He is an electric player and a very good player going mm. forward. However, it is worth mentioning mm. the price for Wilfred Zaha is absolute. I'm going to quote my own article is absolutely preposterous. <sighs> 80 million pounds. That is ridiculous. There is no way. And I actually, I had an exchange with the Crystal Palace fan, um, Mm. on Twitter. It wasn't a, wasn't a mean one. He was a nice guy. And I mm. understood what he was saying. He was saying, we don't have to sell him. And they don't have to sell him. Mm. And he is their best player. So they are not going to let him go easily. Similar to, to Aaron Juan Pesaka as well. So mm. yeah. supposedly Emery's wait, playing the waiting game, seeing if they'll lower the price. But we'll see how that goes. What are your thoughts on, on Zaha? I would love Zaha also. I think he is pretty much exactly what we need and I know that's not the most universally held opinion but 
I think he's incredibly skillful in tight areas. You know, he can get away from two or three defenders who are completely closing in on him. He's got very good ball control. He's very quick, very powerful in his running. And unlike maybe what some people would say, Iwobi, he does have end product. He's He's got good output in the final third, very productive. Yeah. You know, he gets assists, he gets goals. He's incisive in the final third. Um, can he make the step up where he's not necessarily the main man at the club? Maybe a bit of a question mark there. Maybe a bit of a question mark over his mentality and attitude. He didn't quite do it at United, albeit he was very young and he's matured since then. Yeah. Um, I would like Wilfred Zaha. I think he's completely perfect for what we need at the moment, but the price tag is a major issue. I agree completely. And if the price tag does so happen to go down, then maybe we can look at that a little more a little more seriously because I think Unai Emery seems like he really rates him highly. And I think mm. that's why we're being linked with him so much. Mm. Um, but, I mean, let's have it right. If the budget – if we do qualify for the Champions League and then the budget is what Ornestine said would be about £80 million plus player sales – it is not worth bringing in an eighty million pound player, and I would be and I would be absolutely furious if the club did. To be honest with you, same. And I think there's question marks. Sorry, there's not question marks. There's been uh, rumors that we could be looking to involve a player. Uh, there's been talks of Callum Chambers, which is a shout, but I could see that. Yeah, I mean, there's also been suggestions that we're willing to give Chambers, Nelson, and yeah. Jenkinson. That, and I mean yeah. those those sorts of offers where they talk about you know five players for eight, they, they just never ever happen. No, They're always complete bullshit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that for me slightly derails this whole rumor slightly. Yeah, I would agree. And also, I don't think that the club. I think the club wants to get rid of Jenkinson, but I think they're aware mm. that it's going to be difficult to sell him. Mm. Chambers is a bit fifty-fifty. I think. I think that Emery may give him the preseason to see yeah. what he can do. Mm. Um, but Nelson, I've got to be honest with you, I don't think the club has any... Intention um, of selling him. Yeah, they don't They don't want to get rid of Nelson at all. He was fantastic when he went over to Hoffenheim on alone. I think he scored about nine goals. So mm. really good, really good. And I think that he'll be at least a part of the plan somewhat going into next season. Yeah. Um, another player linked with us is a box-to-box midfielder who plays for Atletico Madrid, Thomas Partey. Um I hear pretty positive things about him. I've watched him only a couple of times, so I'm not exactly mm. a genius on the player. But I've heard a lot of people say that he would be an excellent replacement for Granite Jaka. Mm. What do you make of that, Alfie? I've seen him play a, a, a right back a few times, particularly when we played them last season. I remember him playing right back when um, yeah. Vishalko got injured. I think he filled in. Sorry, but when Vishalko got sent off in the first leg, I think he went at right back. And he does look like a good athletic player. I haven't seen too much of this room. I have seen it a couple of times, but I don't know if he's in a particularly like-for-like like replacement for Xhaka. I think he'd be more of a Ramsey replacement. But then again, he not really doesn't score goals, or he's not as creative as a Ramsey. I don't know about this one. I don't personally see much in it. Yeah, me either. I think. We are going to be linked with a lot of La Liga players just due to the fact that that obviously is where Emery spent a large portion of his managerial career. Yeah. And the price tag around Partey is pretty high, actually. It's about 43 million pounds. And I don't know. I think that a box-to-box midfielder is something that the club are looking into getting in 
to the club in the near future. However, mm. I would not categorize it as a priority. I, I, think... I sort of would, in yeah. that as I see it as a, a Ramsey replacement. If you see see what I'm saying, I think I, yeah, I box to box midfielders more of a Rams. I'd see it as a Ramsey replacement, and I do think that is quite high up on our list. Fair enough. I mean, I mean, personally, what the highest is on my list, and this may be a bit of an unpopular opinion, is actually mm. a left back. Highest. Yeah, I, and I'm so serious. If, if you couldn't sign anyone else, you go for a left back. Well, probably not, just because the options for left back out there are pretty sparse at the moment. Mm. Um, but no, I think we do really need a left back because I think you look at Monreal; he's not technically even a left back anymore. He's kind of moved over to just the left side of a back three. And then mm. I really do. I Kalashnikov. I've got to be honest with you, Alfie. In the next season or so, I would consider selling him. Because I just don't think that. Mm. I, think I think we the, both said we'd sell him this summer, yeah, didn't we? Exactly, and yeah, we did in the last and episode. Mm. We did, and that's because you know we. I think the future of this club is with the back four, and Kalashnikov can't fit into a team with the back four. So I think in the near future, we are definitely going to have to look into getting a left back in. But mm. whenever we do that, I want it to be a good one. You know, mm. I don't want it to be some crap, basically. I'd like us to go for a Chilwell, obviously, but the price on him is going to be insanely high. But mm. I think it, I think it is a necessity. I'm not sure I agree with that. As in, I don't think it's our. I think our priority has to be a centre back. I think that is got to be the first thing we look at, and the second, almost as high as that, is a winger. And then if we still have excess cash from that, I think a Ramsey replacement, and then I'd be looking at a left back person. Fair enough. So and I, I actually I agree with you almost. It's just I think a left back priority, and then I would say center back, and then winger. Those are pretty much equivalent. Mm. We need to bring in a center back and a winger this window without. So any do you, do you not think we need a Ramsey replacement? I do think we need a Ramsey replacement. Um, mm. It's just a matter of. Who I mean, that could be someone within. It could be Joe Willock. It could be a, a Smith Rowe. Yeah, it could be. And it, there's a lot of, there actually is a lot of options out there. And I think Emery mm. kind of is trying to change the, the dynamic of the team. I think that he's not going to bring in a number 10, for example. He's not going to bring in a, like a Van de Beek, for example, from Ajax or anything like that. I want Van de Beek. I fucking massively. love him. He is a fucking phenomenal player. I really just want like, him. Just like Mr. Uh, Hakim Ziyech. Yep. Is he next? Yes, he is. Hakim Ziyech reportedly has a release clause of about twenty-five million pounds. Just sign him. Just, Just sign get him. him the fuck in the club. That doesn't even. It doesn't matter if we don't qualify for the Champions League. That is still an extremely low fee. Twenty-five yeah. million pounds for a player of his ability is absolutely fucking ridiculous, Alfie. Mm. In the Dutch league, he scored sixteen goals and bagged seventeen assists. Mm. And I he's know that brilliant. the Dutch league is, oh my God, he's just such a good player. I love he was him. excellent in the Champions League as well, so Scoring he can perform at a high level. Yeah, I just want him. I, I, I don't understand why no one's got in even yet. I thought he'd be gone within a few days because it's 25 million. It's insane. I mean, yeah, just, just fucking bid it. <laughs> you will just do it. You will literally get the player if you just put in a bid. The guy wants to leave. Yeah, and he, did you see the quotes? He said um, his ultimate dream is to play for Arsenal or Barcelona. 
I doubt Barcelona are going to come in for him. So no, they have like know, twenty wingers. Put in twenty five so. minutes. Twenty five minutes. Twenty five million. So twenty five minutes of work, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, oh my gosh, it just yeah, I would love him. I would absolutely mm. love him. I I personally think he would be the perfect um, player to come in because he's a. He's that, uh, mm. what's that stupid expression I hear all the time? He's a chalk on the boots winger. And um, mm. he well, likes to hug the line. And he's a great crosser of the ball, great dribbling, skill show, fantastic. Mm. I, as I said to you, and you found this ridiculous and fair enough because yeah. I don't think it's realistic. I want him and Zaha. And I, I know that sounds like a lot, but, and that is for me, uh, that, is, that is based off um, Meza Ozil and Mikatorian and Ramsey leaving. I think we do need two players if they both leave. I would agree with that. And I would I would look into selling those guys that you mentioned as well. So if it did become a possibility after selling Ozil and Mkhitaryan to bring in Ziyech and Zaha, double mm. Zs, I would definitely make that happen. because And Van der Beek. You never know. Just Why don't we just buy Ajax, to be honest with you? <laughs> exactly. Just buy Ajax. <laughs> they have a good young keeper, too. We don't really need one. Yeah, but, Onana. Yeah. But we might as well take him. Yeah, sure thing. He, he looks cool. Bring him in. <laughs> but uh, and then the last player that I was going to mention was that of Samuel Mtiti. Mm. Um, Titi. He's been mentioned with us actually since the beginning of the transfer window. Mm. I don't see this one happening. I don't either. Uh, very expensive. Even if Delit. Yeah. Well, the, the rumored fee is about 40 million. Which, yeah, it, it, this shouldn't be expensive for us but 40 million does seem expensive for us at the moment with our budget unfortunately yeah exactly and even even if delict does go to barcelona i do think he could be on his way out but i don't i just don't see him with the model we're trying to go for in our budget i just don't see him as the type of player i do think someone like a saliba or whatever the guy the kid's name is i think that's more yeah. realistic for us yeah, and, and speaking of the model, and I actually wanted to talk about that a bit briefly before we get mm. into the whole Petr Cech situation. Mm. I've been talking about this a little, and I wrote an article about it, and in fact, I did not read – I read the comments on the majority of my articles, which is a mistake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on this one, though, I was like, I am not reading the comments on there because I'm going to get abused horribly. And basically what I was saying in the article was – we, for the longest time, have been trying to go by a self-sustainable model and mm. have really not been doing that at all. Um, mm. Because a, a huge, huge component of running a self-sustainable model and arguably the most important aspect of it, really, is you have to sell players. Yeah. And you have to bring in a profit. And we don't do that. Mm. Well, I think... The self-sustainable model has been, I think it's a, a new strategy uh, since the new regime's come in, since Uno Emery's come in and since Raul Sanye before that. And did you see the the interview with Vinay and, and Raul Sanye on, yeah, on the Arsenal you know, YouTube? Yeah, we should, we should actually probably talk about that a little briefly. That yeah, was, that was what, good. What are, your, what are your thoughts on that? Well... As I was just saying there, I do think this has been a more long-term model and a do, sorry, a short-term model. And the way they spoke in that video did seem to suggest that they're sort of, they are very much at the beginning of this process and the beginning of uh, this implementation of the model. And I agree so far, we haven't been doing that. You know, we brought in sort of players 
slightly towards the back end of the career. You know, you look at Mkhitaryan, Aubameyang, Socrates, Lichtenstein. Like these were players you wouldn't really associate with a self-sustainable model, which is right. where you bring in young players for cheap, develop them and sell them for a lot. And I do think so far we haven't really done it. But I do think in the next few years, we will start to see this model take shape. I hope so. And that's, I, I do hope so because the club has to move in a direction mm. and financially we are not going to compete with the likes of Chelsea, Manchester United and Manchester city. Mm. It's just not going to happen. So we have to find a way basically to generate our own money. And actually a, a thing that I wrote about in the article was, and this is what I've heard from a lot of sources is that when Stan Kroenke bought the club, he was under the impression that it would be run as a self-sustainable model. Mm. So he just basically looks at it and says, right, okay, so this is going to give me money. You guys, whatever you kind of generate in terms of, you know, qualifying for the Champions League, selling off players, you guys use that and go buy some new players and do whatever you need to do. Resell them, make yourself more money, buy your, not, not buy your own success, but essentially create it. Mm. And we have not been doing that. And I hope, I, I found that video with Vin. And um, Sanlehi. Yeah. Is that, is that how you say it? Sanlehi? Sanlehi. Sanlehi. Who like that, yeah. fuck knows, to be honest. Spanish. And he sounds like an absolute <laughs> fucking monster, dude. He has a crazy voice. His voice is majestic. Shano Daicho. That's what he sounds like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I actually found it to be really encouraging. Um, mm. I know that you're not a b- very big fan of this guy because I saw you um, roasting him on Twitter, but Lee Gunner. Mm. Posted a video yeah. of his reaction, and he said that he found Vinay to kind of be like the new, even Gazidas, essentially. Yeah, Very I think his well role spoken. is slightly different, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just extremely well-spoken. He sounds incredibly intelligent, you mm. know. And then Raul, though, I have not seen a guy like Raul at the club because mm. I, he spoke with so much enthusiasm passion he was very clear cut on what he wants to do with the club and i really liked personally what he was saying about the entire aaron ramsey situation Mm. basically said right it shouldn't his contract should not have been allowed to go down to one year Mm. and i completely agree with them and it's just and that cannot happen in the future basically you have to be merciless as a club yeah if a player has two years left on his contract and won't sign bye yeah sell him it's like got to happen. If, if mm. you're not that dedicated to the cause, then you could get the hell out. Mm. So We can't allow players. And I think it is universally accepted at the club that that was a mistake that we've been making far too often in recent years. Definitely. I mean, I mean, Jack Wilshire, obviously, I don't think he probably would have brought us in too much money anyway. And honest, mm. honestly, it kind of looks like a good thing that we sold him. It hurts me to say that because I did really like him, but mm. he's just too injury prone. Oxley Chamberlain, we dodged bullet because we got some money for him actually. Thirty-five uh, actually, million, decent. Yeah, a fair amount. Yeah, so fair mm. play to the board for that one. Um, Alexis, obviously, his mm. move to United is not working out. But when you look at things and you hear that Man City bid about sixty million pounds for Alexis, and instead we got Mkhitaryan, who's worth about twenty million pounds, it's mm. kind of infuriating. It is, yeah. So and it's the, the way the club's been run in recent years has been terrible. But hopefully been. they are they are sort of seeking to improve that with this new model. And hopefully we'll see improvements in the next few years. 
Yeah, and and just the last thing about the self-sustainable model, I mean, it fucking is going to hurt sometimes because we are going to have to sell players. You know, if uh, Lacazette, for example, has three years left on his deal, I believe it is, or something like that. Yeah. So at the end of next season, he'll have two years. Mm. Now, if Lacazette doesn't want to sign because he sees, oh, you know what? Well, Suarez at Barcelona is aging. And, and, and this is if Barca don't sign Griezmann, obviously. And I think they'll probably go mm. through with that. Mm. Um, and then Lacazette says, well, you know what? There's kind of a really good opportunity for me to go to a club that has a good chance to win the Champions League. I don't think I want to sign then sorry, we have to sell him. Even mm. if he is our even if he is our best player, because unfortunately, the players now know how contract situations work. And they have amazing agents and things like that. So it's gonna hurt. We're gonna have to sell some players, but it's a part of the model, man. Mm. We we said we've been saying for time, at least me, a huge reason why I support Arsenal is because I think they do it the right way. Yeah. I, I don't want a sugar daddy. I don't want that. Yeah. So. Agreed. Completely agreed. But moving into the um, Europa League final that's coming up Wednesday, three days from now. I'm nervous, Alfie. I'm a bit nervous. As am I. Huge, 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 huge. Weirdly enough, I'm actually kind of confident going into the game because I think we're a better side than Chelsea, if I'm being honest. I just, think that too, and I've got a f- bit of criticism for it, but I do think they are beatable. Yeah. Oh yeah, we'll get into it. we'll talk about Chelsea and we'll talk about mm. Arsenal actually because this is uh, we've got to be honest. They've already qualified for the Champions League, mm. and this is really not that big of a game for them. I know that Sarri is going to win, want to win a title in his first mm. season. He's never won a trophy as well. Never as won a, a trophy, so it's a huge, huge, mm. huge, huge, huge game for him. He's lost the final this season already. Mm. Um, also, also, I just want to say before we get into talking about Arsenal in terms of the Europa League final, I do, I do not think there's any way that Maurizio Sarri deserves to be sacked. No, he is. I don't, th- I don't think he will. I hope not. I think. He's I think Abramovich has. Yeah, I agree. I think Abramovich has lost a bit of interest in Chelsea because he can't get into the fucking country. <laughs> um. <laughs> The cunt. It's been good for us. I think he has lost yeah. interest in Chelsea, and I do think he would want to sell if he can. So I don't think he's that bothered anymore. Well, uh, maybe that is the case, and then sorry, I'll be there for for a long time. Mm. <laughs> that, that is the case. But uh, yeah, no, I mean he's made it to the final of the Carabao Cup, I believe. It. Yeah, final of the Carabao Cup. Yeah, he's in the final of the Europa League. Finished third. Finished third. I mean. Mm. That's a fucking good season. Yeah, particularly for the... They are in transition from playing this counter-attacking defensive style of football to this more attractive possession-based yeah, so, style. I mean, that is what they're trying to do. And that's obviously going to take a process when you've got players who are being used to playing in a different style. Exactly. And you have to give it time. And, you know, unfortunately, Chelsea are going to have to deal with the fact that their best player, Hazard, is just basically cheating on them with Real Madrid. And (laughs) he's like, please, God, please, baby, take me. Take me to Spain. And so he'll probably part ways with the club, I would assume. If not, Jesus Christ, this is the longest transfer room I have ever witnessed in my life. But Well, Karim Karim Benzema with Arsenal. (laughs) (laughs) He'll end up coaching us one day. (laughs) He'll finally end up at the club. Well, no, he won't. He'll be linked for about eight years and then eventually <laughs> nothing will happen 
that guy's been at Madrid forever, man. He'll he'll die mm. there. So he's shit as well. It's he's yeah, not he is. a good player. I mean, he's no, all he's... right, but he's not. He shouldn't be Real Madrid's first choice for this. No, league. when you look at some of the strikers available, I mean, there's mm. no way that he should be their starting striker. Maybe mm. on the bench, but I yeah. mean, mm. but agreed. But nonetheless, let's get into let's get into Arsenal. I mean. This is the last piece of news, too, and I'm just going to kind of incorporate it into the talking about the Europa League final segment. Petr Cech will reportedly join Chelsea next season as the technical director. Now Technical that has, director? That's what I've heard, yeah. Really? Yep. I thought he was going to like a goalkeeping coach or something. No, I've, wow. I've heard a, a director of different. football or a technical director, like a corporate position. Mm. I know, he is a smart guy. That's what I've heard. So mm. I, I wouldn't doubt it. And um, I have to ask questions here about Petr Cech's PR. What the yeah. hell? I, I, well, it hasn't been confirmed. It's just a rumor. So can yeah. you really blame his PR? Because I guess not. Mm. But I mean, he also and he also came out with the bullshit. Uh, diplomatic tweet that basically didn't confirm or deny it. And as you would expect him to do, he has been mm. around for a very long time and he knows exactly what to say and what to do. So mm. that has divided a lot of opinion though, going into the final yep. and we'll just get into the lineup actually right now. And a that lot is people, the most debatable position. It is. Yep. And a lot of people, myself included, would not start Petr Cech in the final. Now, Alfie, I'm going to explain myself first. Yeah, please do. <laughs> sure, and then I'll uh, I'll let you let you have the floor, and because <laughs> I know that me and you are actually in a disagreement. Disagreement, this, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. So I would personally start Bern Leno. Actually, mm. going into the final, I will mm. say this though: my opinion has not changed drastically just because of the rumors that have come out about Czech. Mm. Honestly, I wanted to start Leno in this final anyway, because mm. I think that we have to play the best squad possible because I, that's, that's just my opinion on it. I know that a lot of people say, you know, no Czech's been playing the whole time and the tournament, he hasn't let us down. And I actually agree with that. I think that Czech has had a pretty decent season, mm. especially for his age. I mean, wow. But I just think with all of this going around, and considering the fact that I'd rather see Leno win the final anyway, I would probably drop Czech to the bench. However, I will say I don't think Emery will do that. Um, I think that Emery is going to start Czech. I don't think that Agent Czech is going to come out and bottle a final. I'm sure he won't do that. He's a very professional guy. But the only thing is I would just personally play Leno because I don't want this cloud hanging over Czech because Czech is a player I really highly respect. And I don't want him to make an error that was not intentional and fans be like, fucking shit, man. Seriously, <laughs> this is what, you know, I don't want that crap. So I would just, honestly, I would just rather completely avoid the drama. Yes, it would make some headlines check being dropped to the bench for his final appearance as a professional footballer. However, I think that it's a risk that I'm willing to take because I don't want all this drama going on in the game, to be honest with you. But what are your thoughts on it, Alfie? Um, I think everything you just said was fair. And I was slightly anticipating a different answer. I think for footballing reasons, I think to argue that Leno should start is 
completely fair. Um, because essentially he is the better goalkeeper. You know, he's he's a better shot stopper, he's got better distribution. Although Czech's obviously very competent, it's it, there's no debate there. Um, it was it was the the thing that you were just saying that has sort of wound me up this week about it, and people actually questioning Petr Cech's professionalism towards this game. I don't understand how... That's a disgrace. Exactly. I don't understand how him going to Chelsea just automatically means that he wants Chelsea to win. It's, he's not a Chelsea fan. He is not a Chelsea fan. He may have some sort of, you know, some some sort of sympathy with Chelsea and some sort of relationship with Chelsea because of how long he spent at the club, but he's not a Chelsea fan. You know, he grew up in Czech Republic, probably as a as a Sparta Prague fan or something. Or yeah. if he supported an English team, he probably supported fucking Arsenal United or Chelsea or not sorry, not Chelsea, Arsenal United or Liverpool. He probably didn't know Chelsea existed, let's be honest. Yeah, when he was real. growing up. Um they were just some <laughs> mid table random team. So yeah, I just he's not a Chelsea fan. And why would him going to Chelsea next season be benefited from Chelsea winning the league. So, sorry, Chelsea winning the Europa League. Why would that like? So he has no yeah, look, sort of fan incentive, and he has no incentive in his job because that will make no difference to him being employed or not. It's not like he's going to play and then, you know, make have have a brilliant game where he basically wins us the tournament, and Chelsea was just like, no, you're not getting employed anymore. That's <laughs> that's not what's going to happen. He has literally no incentive for Chelsea to win. In fact, he would just—he would only want to go out with a bang. He would only want to go out winning the tournament. Um, yeah, I don't understand why. Like, it's his final game in football. Surely a win. The only reason I do understand your Leno is a better goalkeeper thing. The only reason I would say I'd probably start Czech is that I do think it would, I just think on a human level, sentimental, it is a bit cruel to leave him out. Yeah. In his final game, he's got one game left in his career. It's basically been <laughs> assured to him that he's going to play. Yeah. And then he just doesn't play. I think it'd be a bit cruel. And also, I think people do have to accept he is going to play. He will play this he game. He will play, definitely. Leno, Leno will not play. I think the decision's been made probably back in February. Whoever we played in the final, I think if we got there, Petr Cech would play um, for his final game and a chance to win a trophy. I think that was decided ages ago. So, yeah. Yeah. I, well, I think, yeah, I completely understand what, what you're saying about mm. people saying that, come on, like, seriously, check. No. Mm. He's check the is, most professional player in our squad. Yeah, he's a he's an absolute leader in our dressing room, despite him being a Chelsea legend. I mean, mm. there's no coincidence that he's gone to a direct rival and Chelsea fans still respect him. I know he was kind of on the back end of his career. However, nonetheless, you know, I mean, it's, He's an extremely respectable guy. He's a professional, mm. professional, professional athlete and a professional person. So he's not going to fucking screw us over or anything. And for footballing reasons, you know, I think that Leno is the better goalkeeper. But I, I do agree with what you're saying. It mm. would be a bit cruel not to play him on his last game mm. of the season. And it is. And I think really... that just depends on the managerial style. Do you want to go? completely full on and try and win the tournament or are you a bit more sentimental and personally I'll be going for Czech but I do understand both sort of cases yeah and I think it's a valid argument to be having and it's one that makes Mm. sense and if Czech starts I understand if Leno Mm. starts I'm sure that you will understand as well so 
I think that I think Czech will play um, mm. because this I, is I very don't think we can deny him that amazing ending that he could potentially have. Yeah, it would be great, and I mean he'll probably be wearing the captain's armband on the night too, so he'd be the yeah. one to lift the trophy. It would be a great, great swan song for him. Because mm. I do like Czech, I really do. You know, I know he's a Chelsea legend. He hasn't obviously done the same amount of achievements at Arsenal as he had at Chelsea or at, you know what I mean. And mm. um, it's just, but he is a phenomenal player, and he's a he's a great servant, and he had a great career. So I think we should probably give him a swan song to a certain extent, but I don't know, man. I think I'd just go with Leno. <laughs> Fair enough. But, yep, getting into it, uh, let's go beyond that point um, onto the lineup. Alfie, I set mm. up with a – let me see what this technically is. Okay, <laughs> it's a 3-4 – that's hmm, – 3-4-1-2 is what I went with. Yep, I think we're going to have the same teams, to be honest. Oh, let's see. All right, so my back three, I went with Monreal on the left side center back. Mm. Uh, Socrates and then Koscielny. Yeah, and I can't see the team being any different to that, to be honest. No, I think that's that's got to be what it is. I would drop Mustafi mm. for this game without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, and have that back three. Um, wing backs don't have much option there, to be honest <laughs> with you either. Um, Kalashnikov on the left wing back, Maitland Niles on the right wing back. Mm. Pretty sure you're in agreement with that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I don't see what else we can do, to be honest. Yeah, midfield midfield two, I went with uh, Granite Jack and Lucas Torreira. Yep. All right. Agreed. And then as the number 10, I went with Mezzadozil. I would start him in this game. Yeah, again, agreed. I can't yeah. see what else we'd do. No, definitely not. I mean, I know that Ozil's a guy that divides opinion, mm. and I think that we do need to sell him, I will say. Mm. But... I think that this is actually probably a good game for him, to be honest with you. I think mm. that his creativity would be much appreciated. Um, and then up front, mm. obviously, um, and Ketia, no, um, Lacazette <laughs> and Aubameyang. Yeah, I don't think there's any way one of them couldn't start. No, if that makes they both sense. Have to start. I think they'll both start, and I don't see how Emery could leave either of them out. And that basically limits us to back three if we want to play both of them down the middle. Unless there's there's a very small chance we could go with a diamond, um, so four four Possibly. two diamond, and with Urzel at the point, and maybe bringing Gwendozi. However, that requires fullbacks who are both excellent defensively and very good going forward because they have to provide the width. And I don't right. think Emery has to trust them either side to do that at the moment. So, yeah, I think that's, that's unlikely, mm. and that's- I think. The only one that was slightly maybe a bit more debatable is if Mkhitaryan had been fit. I could have seen him starting ahead of Ozil because I think if you yeah. look at how we beat Chelsea um, in January, it was, I think it was January, we played with the pressing number 10 in Ramsey and that really hurt Chelsea. We pressed Jorginho, completely stopped them from playing. Meza Ozil doesn't really have that same pressing style and the closest thing we have to it as a number 10 would probably be Mkhitaryan you know he's done quite well when he's come off the bench and played in that yeah. number 10 behind Lacazette and Aubameyang this season uh, particularly recently you think of Valencia and in fact just both of Valencia games so I, I think there was a possibility he could have started but I think with his absence I don't see any other team that Emery will possibly play no I, I agree with that and yeah 
Honestly, uh, there's been a lot of people saying that Mkhitaryan won't be much of a loss, but I completely disagree with that. Mm. He'd be a good player to have on the bench. Mm. He's played in a Europa League final. And I believe yeah. he scored in it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he scored, yeah. So, he's he's been there, he's done that, and he's not going to be there. So, thanks, UEFA. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think we're, we're – aside from, from the goalkeeping situation, we have the exact same team. So, that is – Let's get a round of applause for that because um, that I don't think I don't think that's Lovely. ever happened. No, so, Arsenal yeah. Cannon podcast record. I mean, first, first. Yep, just like our first ten out of ten performance. I don't know if you remember. do. You remember who got that pop quiz? Uh, Aubameyang. Nope. Lacazette. The defender. Kashoni. Yep. Was it? Yeah, I don't remember what game. <laughs> I think I think it was Chelsea at home. It might have been. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's had a few. He's had a few good performances, and I remember one time we gave him a ten. But I mm. maybe it was Chelsea. That makes sense. Mm. Um, so we're gonna talk about two more things a little bit briefly, and then we'll, we'll bring this bad boy to a close. Um, so the first one yeah. being Chelsea actually have some injuries going into this game, and they're injuries that will probably benefit. The Gunners, I will have to say. Um, yeah. N'Golo Kante and Antonio Rudiger are both reportedly out for the final, as well as Loftus-Cheek, who got injured in that useless <laughs> friendly that they had. <laughs> My God, I'd be furious. I would. I don't understand. I know it's for a good cause, but I don't understand why they didn't just send their under-18s to America. Exactly. Mm. They televised that game here. Really? Yeah. And I was like, I saw, I saw the first team for Chelsea. I was like, are you fucking serious right now? <laughs> did Hazard play? Yes, he did. Really? It was. I'll try to find the. I'll try to find the lineup and I'll send it to you later. But yeah, no, they mm. played their real squad, and I, I get it. You know, for a charitable cause, fair play mm. to Chelsea for that. But that was so fucking stupid. It Playing was. your real squad. I'm sorry. Just play your under 18s or cancel the game for after the Europa League final. I suppose yeah, it's exactly. internationals. Just bring it into preseason. Yeah, might as well. I mean, a, a lot of the clubs are going to America anyway, so mm. why not? But exactly. Whatever. I mean, Loftus-Cheek out for the final. I'm sure he's gutted about that. Um, yeah. But the two – all due respect to Loftus-Cheek because I think he is a good player. Mm. But the real huge ones are Conte and Rudiger being out for the final. That is good news for Arsenal. Mm. I think all three would have started as well. The, Loftus-Cheek's been coming into the team more and more ahead of Kovacic, and I think – it would have been a Kante, Jorginho, Loftus-Cheek midfield, but now it's looking like it'd be Barkley and Kovacic, which is and, considerably less scary as an Arsenal fan. Yeah, I don't. I've knock on wood or touch wood, mm. as the English say, because <laughs> I um, I don't want Barkley to score in the final. That would be like a kick to the keister. But <laughs> I don't really rate him that highly. I've got to be honest. So mm. I think he's an all right player, but I think he's very not- average. I think Loftus-Cheek's a better player. Definitely. But Conte mm. reportedly getting an injury in training, and then Rudiger's had an injury a little... little yeah, he got it in the while. United game. Yeah, so I, Rudiger, in my opinion, is their best defender. So Yeah, I think he's the best defender. So best centre-back, anyway. Yeah, definitely. So that is extremely <laughs> harmful to Chelsea, I think. And then Conte is obviously... He's a world-class, world-class player, so... Mm. That'll play into Arsenal's hands, and hopefully, hopefully, we'll make something out of it. Now, Alfie, before mm. we get on to our player ratings of the season, which you are going to conduct, 
Mm. I want your predicted scoreline for the Europa League final. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I want to do this. Um, I'm going to back us. I'm going to back us. I'm going to say 2-1. And you know what? What's Someone that? we haven't even mentioned in this podcast, surprisingly, Danny Welbeck off the bench <gasps> in his ben. final minute, 94th minute header from an Ozil delivery. Oh my Just God. like that game against Dude. Leicester. That is the first, like, that, oh my gosh. Okay, first of all, I want to talk, uh, that would be amazing, by the way. Mm. I would fucking love that. And, mm. Because I love Welbeck, I have to be honest. He's a, I, I love him as a person, and mm. I think he's a great squad utility player. However, I understand why the club are selling him. But mm. Well, letting go. Or, yeah, letting go of him. Not getting any mm. money for him. Let's, let's note that. Mm. Um, it was six in the morning, Alfie, <laughs> during that Leicester game. So, actually, about after an hour and a half. It was about maybe 7.45, maybe 7.50. Mm. Nice, you know, relaxing weekend morning. My whole family's asleep. And then Welbeck scores a last <laughs> fucking minute goal. Dude, I go absolutely berserk. I'm screaming my fucking head up. My dad comes out. He's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I could not contain my excitement. That was insane. So That would be amazing to see that happen again, man. That would be beautiful. Because, I, yeah, I, I love Welbeck. And I actually, I actually kind of agree with you. Um, I think we will win. Mm. I'm nervous, yet confident, which is honestly how I usually feel as an Arsenal fan. Um, I think we will win because I think we're a better side than Chelsea. Mm. Man, I don't want to agree with your 2-1, but it, is, it just seems like it'll be a 2-1 game to me. So I'll mm. say... I'll say 2-1 probably as well. I, I will say this, though. I don't want to take them the penalties. No. I don't want I think that. they've got better penalty takers. And I think I – like, Kepa, I think he's okay keeper overall, but he's pretty mm. decent at saving penalties. Yeah. So, I, I do not want that. And Czech, who's most likely going to be starting in goal, is not great at saving penalties. So, mm. I don't want to take them to penalties, and I also don't want to take them to extra time. I'd rather see it just be done in 90 minutes and – and to put an end to the season. We could look forward to preseason seeing our our young players play. You know, maybe Callum Chambers gets a chance, see if he's going to be here mm. for the foreseeable future. I'd like to see Nelson back into the fold. But, mm. Alfie, this is the last game of the season. And I know mm. maybe some, some of the ratings are subject to change, but yep. we're pretty much just rating it on basically what, what's happened now. Um, yeah. Player ratings, and we're also going to rate um, um, Unai, Unai. Emery as well. Yeah. So uh, just before, it. I just do want to ask you this, because I, sure. I was listening to the Ask cast a few days ago, and if it did go to penalties, and you had everyone in the squad to pick from, which five would you choose to take penalties? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Mm. Man, I got to start listening to that podcast, dude. They fucking they got it's it going good. on. It's good. I always miss it, but anyway. Um, well, I think the best penalty taker in the squad is Lacazette. Mm. I, so, yeah. Do you I disagree think with Aubameyang's, it? I think it's hard to distinguish between the two. I know he's missed a few. Yeah. But on the whole, he's pretty reliable. Yeah, no, he is. And I would, de- I, Lacazette would be my, my first. Because I'm, mm. I'm the kind of person, I know there's a lot of people that like to put their best penalty taker in that, you know, fourth or fifth taking spot. No. So I can, no way. I don't believe that, though, at all, in my opinion. No. 
I would go with put it in order. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I go with Lacazette first, um, Aubameyang second. Let me look mm. at the squad. Two reliable ones that you pretty much know will likely score. Yeah, I oh, man, I've got to be honest. I don't know if I'd give Ozil a penalty. I don't think I would. I don't. I think I would skip him because he scored some. But he also misses mm. quite a few because he doesn't know how to get shot power. He looks like me shooting when I was like twelve. Um, <laughs> well, if he does the the kick into the ground thing, then he'll probably score. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe third is Torreira decent at penalties? You'd like to imagine he probably could be. I can imagine him smashing one to into the top corner. Yeah, I could see that. So maybe I'll put Torreira third. Mm. Um, you can include subs. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, did you know this is another thing that I found out on the podcast? What's up? You know we have 12 subs for this game. 12 subs? Yeah. Why? We have we 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 can put 12 people on the bench. That seems really useless considering we could use uh, it's four at the most with extra time, right? Has that been implemented yeah, yeah. yet? Okay. Uh I think I don't know if that's in Europe as well, but that's definitely in uh cups in England. So we'll see. I guess we'll see because mm. if we go to extra time, we'll definitely use all of them. Mm. But it gives us a bigger, bigger scope, depending true on how the game's going. But That's very true. can we fill a bench of twelve? Dude, I don't know, man. We're gonna fucking did be you, picking people did off you the see street. The, did you see the twenty-four man squad traveling? I did not actually. I heard Saka's coming though. Yeah, Saka and Amici are in the squad. That's good. And it That's looks like we know who the twelve are because twenty-three makes. Uh, the twelve man subs, and there's two goal. There's three goalkeepers, so you just imagine uh, Dayan Iliev, the third choice, isn't going to be oh, okay. isn't going to be in the squad. Fair enough. So we pretty much know who the twelve subs are, but 12 yeah, subs. I think it's yeah with our team that we both played, it would be uh, Czech or Leno, depending on who plays. Uh, Mustafi, Jenkinson, Lich, Steiner. Elneny, Gwenduzi, <laughs> Elneny, Gwenduzi, Willock, uh, Saka, Amici, Iwobi, Welbeck, and Nketiah. Okay. okay. So, all right. So, here's my order then, considering the bench. Mm. Lacazette first, Aubameyang second, Torreira mm. third, Maitland-Niles fourth. I actually think he'd probably be a decent penalty taker. <laughs> yeah, very he's composed. A, he's a fucking cool as a cucumber. There is and a risk then, that he could be too relaxed. Yeah, he looks like short, he is. Chip it down the middle or something. A lot of times, man, when he's on that pitch, he looks baked, man. Because yeah. he is so chill. Yeah. But I, but I think that's a good asset to have in a shootout. And then fifth, mm. I think he'll be on the pitch at that time. And that would be Alex Iwobi. I don't, I don't know if I trust Iwobi with a penalty. I think he's very much a confidence player. And I think him in that moment, He's not one I'd look at with particular confidence. A Wobby game-winning Panenka. <laughs> yeah, I just can't see that. No, I, I wouldn't back him. He's got he's got miss written all over it for me. Maybe in Ketia then. Yeah, if he's maybe. Um, What's yours? Well, Lacazette, Aubameyang. Um, probably go would go with Torreira as well. Um, Nacho Monreal. I could see that. He's actually decent at him, to be fair. Mm. Well, we've seen it a few times in preseason. Remember that Community Shield where he scored? Yeah. I'll take Monreal. I think technically he's good. Um, and James on the podcast said Granite Shaka. 
Oh no! Again, oh, I don't know. He's got I again. Don't think he, so. he is one that's got ri- miss written all over him. He is. Yep. Uh, I remember that one in the Euros when we signed him, <laughs> which he smashed that. wide for for Switzerland. That was just after we signed him as well. Everyone's like, "Fuck." Mm. Um, yeah, I wouldn't give a one. No, I probably wouldn't. Oh, it was maybe Maitland Niles, but I think I had someone else in mind. I think it was a shout for Gwenduzi, if I'm being honest. Yeah, although again, it can be a bit raw. Yeah, that's a lot uh, of pressure. I wouldn't want to take one if I was a professional. I've got to be honest. I'd be like, <laughs> oh, you know, put me at the end of the line. Maybe check for the jokes <laughs> to win it against Chelsea. Then we really see who he cared about. Yeah, he'll just smash it over. Mm. Yeah, no, no, no. I'll go. I'll go Welbeck off the bench. Ashley again seems like someone who'd miss. I don't know. We'd have you're kind of depressing me, man. We don't have very good penalty <laughs> takers. I really. Hope I'll, I'll back Maitland Niles. I'll back, back Maitland Niles as the fifth. Because I know Chelsea's penalty takers. Just looking off of the names, Jorginho's decent at him. Mm. Hazard's decent at him. Higuain is he is he going to be fit? I haven't heard anything about him being injured. I think so, so. most likely he's... Giroud. Giroud's yeah. Good penalty taker. Good penalty taker. So they've good for got us. William. Yeah, they've got way um, better penalty takers. Aspilicueta and David Luiz are both remember being good. Yeah, David Luiz. I Alonso remember. is probably quite good. Because he's not even a fucking defender. He's just a mm. fucking attacker. <laughs> and a murderer. Yes. Let's, <laughs> let's fucking plug that as well. How the hell is it? Oh, I'm, just, I'm just saying, Alfie, I love your country. I've been there. It's fucking beautiful. And actually, no, it's probably happened in Spain, if I'm being honest. So Yeah, I think Spain. it did. Um. But, dude, if that happened here, man, that dude would be in fucking prison. Yeah. We love to put people in prison, so there's no fucking <laughs> way he'd not be in there. Mm. Well, Alabama do. Alabama uh, do? They, they like putting people in prison. Oh, my dude, you said Alabama's <laughs> so weird. I was like, what? Yeah, I do. I did. <laughs> I thought you were saying, like, an African footballer's name. <laughs> um, anyway... Ratings. Yes, let's get into the ratings. This is exciting, man. This is Alfie's idea. I like this. Yep. Um, Petr Cech will start with. I went and gave him a six, personally. I think I think that six is sort of a standard rating if we're going to sort of set a bar. And I do think... Yeah. I think he's... I think on the whole, he has been pretty decent, but he hasn't had the most action. He's starting the team... Um, his distribution was quite sloppy. He was giving the ball away quite a lot. But on the whole, I think he had a relatively positive contribution. But the lack of the lack of substantial playing time is hard to give him a seven. But maybe you could give yeah. him a seven. Uh, I, I wouldn't give him a seven. I actually agree with you. I, You're with a six. six as well. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah because I, I think when he's been called upon, he's done the job. But like you mm. said, he has... Nothing spectacular. He, yeah, he's played you know, in the cup games and he played at the beginning mm. of the Premier League season, but he's done well for his age. I'll especially yeah. give him that, but six, I agree. Mm. Uh, do you have these written down? No, this is oh. off the cusp, my friend. <laughs> I do. Uh, Leno, you can go. Leno, I would give an eight. I think mm. he had a, I think he had a really good first season in the Premier League. There's obviously a lot of things that he can improve on. And I think most people would agree with me when I say that. Mm. Um, but yeah, no first season for the Premier League. I mean, you look at, I mean, remember when De Gea 
came over, I mean, he yeah. struggled, you know, because yeah. it's just a lot different everywhere else. And I think a lot more physical. Yeah, he's done pretty well because I don't think the the jump from the Bundesliga to the Premier League is that drastic as opposed to the mm. one from Spain to yeah, England. in terms so, of physicality. Yeah, so I think he's done pretty well, and I think he'll improve. And to be honest with you, Alfie, I think he could be our next goalkeeper for the next ten years. So I'd give him an eight. Mm. I gave him an eight as well. I think shot stopping, pretty brilliant throughout the whole season. Um, he has made a few mistakes here and there. You remember the the Tottenham one yeah. uh, from the Eric Dyer header, the the one at Southampton which he should have claimed, which was our first podcast, I think. Um, yes, yeah. Yeah, memories. Um, <laughs> the uh, Wolves away a few weeks ago, but on the whole, he saved us quite a few times with brilliant saves. So I do think an eight is fair. Not completely perfect, but very good first season. Yeah, definitely. I think he's been one of the better players this season. I think it's fair to say that. Mm. Hector Bellerin. Man, this is, see, it's going to sound harsh, but it's just because he's been out for a while. Because I think that if he was – honestly, I think if he kept the form up that he was on in the, mm. at the beginning of the season, he'd be really high marks. And I'm really torn, to be honest with you, between a six and a seven. So I'm mm. going to give him a six and a half because I do what I want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, he's definitely a right back going into the future, um, gutting yeah. that he got injured, you know, and that he took him out for the season. But – I give him a six and a half because I don't think he just deserves the standard rating, but I also don't know if he quite warrants a seven. Mm. Well, I surprisingly, maybe this was a bit generous, but I went eight. Eight? Wow. Yeah. Well, it was mainly just from, I know obviously it's hard to give that higher rating when you get injured midway through the season, but for when he did play, he was pretty brilliant. You know, he looked massively improved. He was very good going forward. He's much better defensively. Yeah, from if you look at look at his limited game time in isolation, he was very good. So yeah, I gave him an eight. Maybe that is a bit generous, and probably most will give him seven or six. But I'm going. I'm eight. starting to think this is part of the right back union. <laughs> am, am I mistaken? Mm, maybe. <laughs> maybe could be. Uh, Lichsteiner. Oh, <laughs> I went three. I went three as well, and I don't ever give lower than a three. So, yeah, three. I mean, he's he was free. That's that's yeah. all it's got to be said. I he, think he's he was bad. Him. He was bad. He was shocking. Mm. I mean, he, he helped was... Bellerin off the pitch. He was a bit of a, a good, yeah, and that's sort what he gets figure the in the dressing from. room. But on the pitch, he was overused a bit. I don't think he was meant to play this much. He was meant to play only in the in the cups. But he had to play a bit in the league, and in the league, he was pretty terrible. So yeah. three, yeah, I agree with that three. Uh, Jenkinson, I went five. I think five. Yeah, you, that might seem high, but if you think, I think he's made seven appearances, so it's quite <laughs> wow. quite hard to judge. But that's a lot for him. A couple of them were off the bench as well. I think one maybe. Um, but I remember in sort of earlier in the season when he started uh, playing a couple of times. You know, we, we saw him in the League Cup. We saw him play against Blackpool in the FA Cup. Um. We saw him play a couple of times in the league in the second half of the season. I thought on the whole, he did quite well until that Crystal Palace game where he just looked so one-dimensional and we saw why he hasn't get, got much game time. 
Um, so if if he hadn't played in that Crystal Palace game, I probably would have given him a standard six. But that's lowered it to a five. Oh, well, fair enough. I mean, it didn't exactly <laughs> give him like an extremely high rate or anything like that. I'm I'm mm. not that far off. I would give him a four. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I think four or five is pretty fair rating. I think he's going. I don't think he's going to be sold. Actually, I think his contract really? is just going to be run down. I don't Fair know enough. if they'll be able to sell him. I mean, I've got to be honest. So, yeah, Jenkins said for one more year. Let's see it. <laughs> Give him a new ten-year deal. He's an Arsenal player. <laughs> I mean, that's all it takes, right? Tag uh, him a four. Fair enough. Maitland Niles. Um, decent season. I think mm. he's kind of uh, established himself as a a first teamer, and not as in like a starter. I mean, yeah. obviously starting for the rest of the season, but I think he'll be on the bench definitely next season. Good backup to Bellerin. His, he's kind of adopted that right-back position. I mean, mm. a fair play to him. He had Jenkinson and Lichsteiner to, to to fight against, basically. And, <laughs> I mean, that's not fucking exactly the hardest couple challenge. of guys to yeah. challenge. Yeah, but he did it, so fair play to him. He is a really young guy, you know, mm. Arsenal through and through. So I give him, I give him a seven. Yeah, I agree. I think on the whole, he has been pretty good. Again, not playing in what would appear his favourite position in central midfield, playing out wide as a as a fullback. We saw him play him as, as a wing back a few times. Sorry, as a winger a few times earlier in the season before Bellerin got injured. And to be fair to him, he's come in and he's done pretty well. He's had the, the odd terrible game, if I'm honest. I mean, you think of Everton away, you think of Huddersfield away I think was pretty bad but on the whole solid and you know filled the gap left by Bellerin quite well um good going forward improved defensively I agreed oh, I gave him a seven as well um this one might get you a bit worked up Mustafi mm. <laughs> um actually I'll, I'll be honest about Mustafi I fucking hate him. No, um, <laughs> like uh, he's his past few games have been um have been decent. decent. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been decent. Um, what I give Lichtsteiner a three. Yeah, I give uh, I'll probably give Mustafi a four. I also gave him a four. I think overall, as I said, as I keep reiterating with Mustafi, I think his overall game is not that dreadful. You know, he's not. He's good in the air. He wins the ball. He he puts in some very good crunching tackles. Um, although he's not particularly great on the ball, he's not the worst defender on the ball that we've ever yeah, seen. Right. Um, it is just these terrible, terrible, unexplainable mistakes that he just makes randomly, at random errors that are just completely unexplainable and just explicitly terrible. So, yeah. um, I agreed. I think he's been. I don't think you can put him quite in the Lichsteiner bracket, but I agreed no. with the four, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, no. Lichsteiner's been the worst player this season. I think that's yeah. obvious. So, yeah, mm. I think we're yeah definitely both in agreement there, four for Mustafi. Mm. Uh, Rob Holding. Uh, similar situation to Bellerin, I think. Yeah. So, I'll give him a 6.5. Um, I think he was mm. good, really good before he got injured. Looked like he was that guy that Emery mm. would like to play the ball out from the back. He's a, I honestly wasn't 
aware that he was that good on the ball. Mm. I knew he was decent, but I didn't know he was he was phenomenal, I thought, before he got injured. Mm. But he's been out for a really, really long time. And that's unfortunate. So and I can't wait to see him back next season and I hope that he um picks up right where he left off, but I'd give him a six point five for his limited game time. Mm. I gave him an eight again. Yeah. Similar to Bellerin, I think if you look at his sample of games, if you look at the whatever, fifteen games he played I think he was excellent, you know, very, very good. And I think if you just look at those games in isolation, you have to give him a pretty high rating. So I gave him an eight. Fair enough. But, I mean, yeah, I see what see what you're saying when, because he didn't play an awful lot, it's hard to give him that higher rating. Yeah, and I think me and you just have different um, perspectives perceptions. on that, honestly. Yeah. yeah perceptions, yeah. So uh, we're mm. in agreement, I think, partially. Mm. Uh, Koscielny. You know, because she only going into the season, I was just kind of like, eh, I would mm. maybe get rid of him, you know, getting old. And now there's also there's a lot of headlines. I didn't talk about this in the news because mm. they just kind of come up. Uh, there's a lot of headlines linking him with the move oh, yeah. away, actually. Could be his last game for the club. Could be. And um, mm. maybe, maybe we could do that. Um, but that is if we have a center back set up and ready to come in like mm. within the next week after that. If not, then just keep him there. But yeah. um, I think he's had a pretty decent season, to be fair. Yeah. Um, I'd give him a seven. Yeah. I think the way he came back from his injury, he looked at the start a bit shaky. You know, I remember that that Southampton game in our first podcast. I remember us both writing him off and saying, you know, he's pretty much finished. You know, the injury has destroyed him. But although it took him a bit of time to get back into his get back into his rhythm, um, he put in some brilliant performances and in the end, he looked a bit invaluable. I don't know if that's because the alternative in Mustafi was so horrendous. Um, <laughs> it could be. Yeah, it could be that, but he looked vital and he's an important member of the dressing room. He's He's been here for a very long time and I would like to keep him if we can. And I think, yeah, I think the way he came back from his injury, I think you have to say he had a good season and I gave him a seven. Definitely. So yeah. Completely agree. Spot on. Mm. Uh, Socrates. Personally, I gave him an eight, and I think there's potential room for even growing. I think on the whole, although again he's a player who has had a few terrible performances. You think of Wolves away, <laughs> Liverpool away, where he was pretty dreadful. On yeah. the whole, he has been our best defender this season. Um, some very, very good performances. You think of Chelsea at home. I'm just listing performances at the moment. But I think he has exceeded our expectations much quicker than we thought he was going to be. So I gave him an eight. Yeah, I actually agree with that. I give him an eight as well. Um, mm. <clears throat> I just, how much was he? You know, like 18 million pounds or something? Yeah, like that? I think it was 16. So, yeah, so that's not, mm. I think that he is definitely, he kind of looks like a 20 to 30 million pound signing, if I'm being honest. Mm. He's looked he's looked pretty solid in there. I think that if you put a really good partner next to him, yeah. he could be a phenomenal defender. But unfortunately, he's had the likes of Mustafi next to him, making him mm. look bad. But like you said, yeah, he has had some poor poor performances throughout the season. And I will say, Socrates has kind of established himself as a fan favorite, so he doesn't get nearly yep. as much criticism as other players. However... The reason that fans like him so much is because he is our best defender. 
Mm. So I yeah, I completely agree and with he's you. I bullish think... and aggressive, which is something we haven't seen recently. We haven't had little well, he's not little. We haven't had big shits in mm. the in the team for a while, to be honest. It's nice to see a an asshole basically mm. in there. So I give him an eight as well. I think pretty him and Leno both are kind of in that uh bracket. In that in that bracket, yeah. Mm. Uh Montreal. Hmm. Not as good as last season, definitely. No. Think he was our player of the season last year. I don't know how the hell Aaron Ramsey managed to pick that up. If I'm being honest with you, because mm. I, I think Ramsey had a good season, but I think, and I think it was mainly because of his end of season, um, yeah. run, which really gave him that. But yeah, I think Montreal deserved it. Yeah, and um, I like last season. I probably would have given him maybe like an an eight. Or so. Yeah. So this season, wow, that shows how shit that season was, though. <laughs> um, but <laughs> better to just forget and move on, though. Mm. Um, I would probably give him a six. Yeah. Pretty I standard. Mm. I think he's had some good games. I think he's had some poor games, like most players. But he's still remained relatively consistent. And that is the thing with him. He's always been a consistent player. And I think on the whole, he has reinforced that this season. So I completely yeah. agree. I think a six is completely fair. It's a typical Montreal rating, if we're being honest. Yeah. Completely average. And you need players like that, to be fair. So mm. fair play to him. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, Kalasinac. Hmm. Uh, this is... this. This is a debatable one because I think a lot of people would be giving him sevens and eights. Probably sevens. I wouldn't push that far, maybe. Personally, I gave him a six. I don't think I don't think he's a te- I don't think he's a terrible defender. Everyone goes on about he's a really poor defender, but a lot of people say he's not that bad. But I don't think he's a terrible defender. I just think he's an average defender. He's completely average as a defender. I think if he wasn't so good going forward, because I do think he's a threat, although his um, ability to pick out players diminished a bit towards the end of the season, you know, he wasn't as effective yeah. going forward. On the whole, he was a good attacking asset for us this season. It's just, if you took that away from it, say he was completely average going forward, you just think he's a completely average player because defensively, positionally, he's a bit poor. He gets uh, beaten a bit too often. He's av- he's average. He's an average defender, and I think defensively his flaws have been shown this season. He has a few good games defensively, but yeah, I gave him a six as well as Montreal. I think that's quite a reasonable standard rating for Kalasnac because he's had sort of two sides to a season going forward and defensively. Yeah, I actually agree. I think, but I I would actually personally give him a five though, um, Fair just enough. because. I think the end of his season has been really poor. Mm. However, at the beginning, with that being said, his beginning of the season was really good, to mm. be fair. And he looked like arguably our most important person going forward in terms of like yeah. creating attacks. Well, there was, like there was a moment in the season where he had the most t- touches inside the opposition box for us um, in the Premier League, which is quite a weird stat. But yeah, that's just it how sort of shows how goes, important though. he was at a, a stage of the season. Yeah, and I just think his second half of the season, if I'm being honest, he looks a bit tired. Yeah. I mean, like, he's not playing the same way as he was at the beginning, so I'd give him a five, a little bit below average in my opinion. Um, Me and you have both said in the past that we'd sell him. Um, Yeah. I think for me that 
partially comes down to the fact that I want the back four back into the club, mm. but also he has pretty high wages. And yeah, ridiculous. I don't think he really, yeah, because yeah, because he was brought in for the free. Mm. So I don't know if he really deserves um, to keep his spot at the club for much longer. But for this season, I give him a five. Fair enough. Uh, Lucas Torreira. Uh, good season. Good season yeah. for Torreira. First one in the Premier League. Um, I've seen some more people, more and more people talking about it. I had this thought process, and I, I talked about it a little bit on Twitter, I know. And mm. a lot of people came at me, you know, because they – they don't – Torreira's one of the favorites. You know, they don't want to mm. hear anything negative about him. I think he has dropped off slightly. I think he's improved a little bit since coming back from that ridiculous three-game ban that he picked up mm. in the Tottenham game. I think he just needed a rest and, to be honest, is not used to yeah. the lack it's of not, a break in the Premier yeah. League. And, and the intensity. Yeah. I think so, he has looked a bit tired. And he played in the World Cup and came back immediately into preseason. Exactly. I agree. So, but mm. he was phenomenal uh, when he first mm. came into the side. He has mm. dropped off a bit. So I would personally give Torreira a seven. Really? Yep. I I was kind of split between a seven, seven and a half, and an eight. But I went with the seven, actually, just because I think for that pretty large chunk in the middle of the season, he's come back now and he's playing well. But for mm. that pretty large chunk in the middle of the season, he did not look like the same player to me. I disagree. <laughs> I gave him a nine, which you think Whoa. is a bit extortionate. But I think he has to be given a higher rating than both Socrates and Leno because I think he was so brilliant and so consistent for that period. I'd say between even probably the just from the start of the season <clears throat> when he was coming off the bench to about... In fact, until the Liverpool game, um, he was he didn't have a bad game. He was superb. I think he got about five man of the matches. He was superb continuously. Yeah. Yes, true. he had a drop off in the middle of the season. Um, in a few games, I don't think it was a particularly extortionate drop off. I don't think it was particularly massive. I think he had a few bad games. You know, Liverpool away, um, West Ham away. Uh, just some other games, he, he looked quite bad. But I do that, I think that was a lot down to fatigue. And I think he retained his level of performance. May not quite as high, but he did retain a high level of performance. And I think in his first season, how vital he was for a long period. Um, I think a nine. Yeah, I think he was our best player in most of our first half of the season games. And he has had a bit of a drop off, but drop off from a 10 to 9 to be honest for me fair enough I think fair yeah frequently don't agree with this but that's what I think about Torreira yeah no I, I I don't agree but that's all right we all got mm. we've all got some opinions and you know I, mm. I know that he is going to be the guy going forward you know and mm. I think there's no doubt about that we've needed a defensive midfielder for years and I think that he was an absolutely perfect signing for Unai mm. Emery and I think that he'll improve next season I would just give him a seven just because I want I want to see him, and I'm sure he'll improve on it next season, just be fit throughout the year. Mm. That, that is, I think, the goal that he should have going into next season. Mm. Okay. Granite Shaka, a bit of a difficult one. Yeah, it is a bit of a difficult one. Um, mm. uh, man. See, this is this is the one that, 
that because I've I've done the player ratings like in my head. Yeah, same. But I have yeah, but I haven't uh, I haven't wrote them down, so it's hard to. I've I got would... them down, but I did that quickly before we started. Yeah, I man, I would probably give them a standard six if I'm being honest. Um, mm. I think that. It's hard to say because I think you could really give him from anywhere from a five to a seven <clears throat> just because he has looked better this season. I will say that he definitely has improved. But the question is, is he the man to be that mm. proper uh, kind of box to box midfielder that Arsenal? He's not in? box to box, though. What, what is what would he be categorized as? Because I don't know if I'd consider him a defensive mid or he's a he's a, he's meant to be a regista and he's a deep lying playmaker. Deep lying playmaker. Yeah, like like a a Xavi Alon- Xavi Alonso, a Xavi, uh, an Andrea Pirlo. Obviously, these are the best of that sort of right, category of player. Course. Yeah, but that's the sort of player he is supposed to be and I think he fits that category relatively well based off his stats and the way he performs. Mm. He's not particularly mobile, but he is a very good expansive passer. Eighty six percent of his passes were forward this season. He had an average pass length of I think it was eighteen point four meters, which is further than most uh midfielders in the Premier League. Um eighty six percent was actually the third highest pass forward rate in the Premier League um, out of centre mid. So, yeah, I I understand people's frustrations when he gives the ball away a lot, but he's definitely not box-to-box because he's not high energy and he's not mobile. I don't know. I think we – then if that's not if, – if he's not that, then I think that with the way that Unai Emery wants to play, we're going to need that. We're going to need a box-to-box midfielder. And I, I don't, don't know. I yeah. just I think that would be a good a good signing maybe to look at and we were talking about that earlier obviously being mm. the Ramsey replacement. Um, well, I think I if you look at typical Emery teams, <clears throat> he tends to play with two sort of deeper players who sit a bit more, and then he'll have a more floating number ten who will play more as as you say a boxer box type player, but someone who's really high energy who will press in that number ten role. Aaron Ramsey sort of epitomizes that role. Which is why it's so gutting that he's leaving. But yeah, be perfect. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you can expect Granite Shacker to be a box to box player because he's never been that type of player. Um, he's just not. He's not high energy. He's not mobile. But he's someone who sit and he'll, he'll keep the ball moving. He'll dictate play from deep. He'll play expansive passes. And yeah, I don't think he had a brilliant season, but I didn't think he improved quite a lot. He looked much more comfortable alongside Lucas Torreira, someone who would actually do the more defensive work, which he's not <clears throat> amazing at. Um, but yeah, I think he still had areas of his game which are frustrating. Sometimes he can move the ball a bit quicker. Sometimes he can be a bit more incisive. Sometimes he can focus a bit more and not give the ball away in stupid areas. But I still think he had a decent season and he improved. So I personally gave him a seven. Fair enough. Yeah, and mm. well, we'll see, man. I just, I think that I, I personally would sell him if I'm being honest with you. I just, mm. I don't know. He he rubs me the wrong way a little too many times. I think he has moments of brilliance. However, mm. there's a lot of times where he just has moments of what the hell are you doing? Mm. You know, and I don't really want somebody that I don't want to say unreliable. But that um, 
that error prone essentially, and that's mm. a problem I have with Mustafi as well. So, I think yeah. Saka's errors are overemphasized. I've said this before. I think he does make them, but I think the fact that we get on to his loose passes so much are sort of an embodiment of the fact that he doesn't really give the ball away that much. So when we when he does, we sort of really notice it um, because he doesn't give the ball away that much. You know, his pass completion rate is something like 93% or something. So, yeah. But anyway, moving on. Um, Gwenduzi. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't seem to like him anymore. I've got, and I don't really I don't think they don't why. like him. I think they just think he's been a bit raw and a bit inconsistent. Yeah, and I would agree with that. But I just, mm. I, I've seen some people taking it a little too far when it comes to really? Guendouzi. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen people just saying they don't rate him at all. And it's just, come on now. The kid's 19 They're the same old. people that were hyping him up after two months. Yeah, it's just we flip flops. I mean, that's mm. that's what they are. Um, I didn't have really any expectations of him coming exactly. in. Exactly, I didn't think I didn't he'd be playing. Know, I didn't even know who the hell he was. Mm. So, I would give him. He is he is a bit inconsistent, but I think he'll learn mm. that. I think he has a lot of potential to be a really good player for us, and I would give him mm. a. Hmm, man, I I'll give him a seven. I'll give him a seven just because he has. I think he's done more than what was expected, and yeah. fair enough. I think he's massively exceeded expectations. Um, I don't think anyone could sit there and say that they saw him playing this amount of minutes and coming no in way. and having the impact he did have in certain games. Uh, taking away sort of what we expected and sort of his age and everything about his potential. If you look at his pure performances, I'd probably give him a six just because I do think he's been very erratic at times, giving the ball away. He has been a bit of a burden and he has been a massive drop off from the other two options at times. But I do think he has had some brilliant performances and it's what you'd expect from a young player. You know, he's going to be inconsistent. So I gave him a six, but I, I can argue... I, it was very close to giving him a seven. I think those two are quite reasonable options to give him. Uh, El Neni. El Neni, the most abused Arsenal player next to Alex Iwobi. <laughs> um, well, and, and Mustafi. And Mustafi, of course. Yeah, of course, Mustafi. <laughs> um, how many games did he play this season? He didn't play very many. I think he played... He must have got... 10 to 15 appearances in all competitions. Yeah, because off the bench and things like that. Mm. Um, I would give him... I'm not going to give him up to a 6. I don't think he deserves that. i give him a standard 5, though. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he was, I don't think he was bad. I don't think he was bad either. I but think... I don't... Yeah, go ahead. I don't think that he... And I don't think he deserves the abuse that comes his way. He's no. just... He is not the player that people want him to be. And he's never going to mm. be that way. He's the guy you put on when you're winning 2-0... You want some mm. neat, tight passing, and he'll keep the ball for you. That's what he does. He's not a, an elaborate player. He's not a creative genius. You know, he's mm. a hardworking utility player. Yeah, completely agree with that. And I don't think – when he's played in the cup games, he's been all right. You know, he hasn't been particularly bad. He hasn't been particularly great. He's been El Nenny, to be honest. And when yeah, he's come exactly. off the bench, he's been all right. I think his anger, the anger towards him has mainly been from these the, the Everton away game and the Crystal Palace game. 
I think that was more the balance of the team and him playing alongside Guendouzi, which is a disaster that really sort of made him look worse and Guendouzi. I don't think either of them individually were terrible um, in those games. So I agree. I gave him a five. Yeah, they're, uh, just, they're not meant to play together. I mean... Exactly. They don't have the right balance. Um, Aaron Ramsey. Aaron Ramsey. Goodbye, my lover. <laughs> um, I'm going to miss him. Gutted, he's mm. leaving, but I understand it. You know, the mm. previous regime kind of uh, screwed the pooch on this one. Um, mm. And he's, he's out, and He's taking pictures in Juventus, acting like he's t- not excited <laughs> for the move, even though he totally is. I mean, who wouldn't yeah. be? But um, mm. I would give him a mm, – don't think he quite warrants an eight. Don't think he quite warrants a seven. So I give him a seven and a half. Mm. I give him a seven. I think he didn't play an awful lot after the news came out that he was leaving. Um, yeah. And he sort of struggled to get in. He was coming off the bench. He was making a bit of an impact, but it wasn't emphatic enough to get him a starting place. Then when he did come back into the team – and Unai Emery sort of found a way to play him where he really suited and he really thrived. He looked excellent again. Um, and then that period came to an abrupt end with that injury, which yeah, was a bit of a disaster yeah. um, for our next three league games. Um, so, yeah, I gave him a seven because he didn't play that lot much in the first half of the season. But when he did play regularly in that period, he was very good. So I think a seven is fair enough. Yeah, fair. Um, and- just sad to see him go. Me too. Yep, very sad. Mm. Meza Ozil. You go first on this one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm probably not as harsh as some fans. I think a standard six is sort of fair. Maybe it's a bit high. I don't know. Um, obviously, uh, he had a few very good performances. You think of Leicester at home. Yeah. Um, Liverpool at home, he was quite good. Man United at home, he played quite well. Um, he had a few other good games. The games you went to um, when when yes, he, he played at home to Bournemouth. Yeah, he played well there. Um, but on the whole, he has been quite disappointing. Um, he has not produced what you'd expect from someone on his wages. And I hate to bring up wages every time, but it should sort of reflect, you know, the players on the highest wages should perform sort of according to where they are on that wage structure. And he didn't provide enough for what he's meant to provide. I agree. I agree completely. I I would give Mm. him a six as well, actually. I agree with you. And Mm. let's hear, let's run through these last ones uh, a little quickly. Daniel's (laughs) got to get the bills paid. Mm. Mkhitaryan. I would give him a five. Um, Mm. Don't think he played that well. I would definitely look into selling him. Yeah, I agree. I'd give him a four. I think he was that poor, to be honest. He had a good Fair period enough. when you came over. Maybe you should come over yeah. more for Mickey. But... Yeah, he scored in both games. So. Yeah, exactly. And he played very well in that period. But on the whole, very disappointing, underwhelming. Okay. Um, it will be one that will split fans. Probably won't split us that much, though. Probably not. Um, Not quite warranting a seven for me. Mm. I give him a standard six. I think he's definitely improved on last season. Mm. I gave him a seven. I think that sure. might be might be slightly overrated, but I think his expected assists, which I think are reliable stats, show that he was very yes. good. He, he could have got, um, I think it was, could have got close to the top assisters in 
Fraser and Hazard had his passes and cr- chances he created being converted better. Um, so yeah, I think his his criticisms over hyped, and I think a seven is fair. Fair enough. Mm. Uh, well, back. Do, do disagreement with that. Uh, mm. He's Difficult barely one. played. Yeah. <laughs> um, he actually had a really hot start to the season, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was crushing it, but I mean, what I was saying about Welbeck earlier, I'm a bit upset to see him leave because I do like him, and I think everybody likes him because yeah. he is that he's just a likable guy. Mm. But um, injuries destroyed are destroying him, and mm. it's similar to the Wilshire situation. You know, mm. but I mean, Wilshire obviously was a homegrown player. Welbeck mm. is not, but we, I think, are well within our right to get rid of him. Um, fair play to mm. the team for not giving him a new contract. I think that was probably a good decision at the end of the day. Mm. I would give him I, a standard. I six. would have preferred we kept him, but I'm not that disheartened. Uh, six. Yeah, I gave him a seven. Again, similar to holding in Bellerin, I think his sample size of games, he did look pretty good. Yeah. Um. Or, Albeit they were very limited. So, yeah, I gave him a seven. Uh, Lacazette. Uh, player of the season for me. Yeah. I give him, a, give him a nine. I think he played really, really well. Best player in our team by a lot overall. Agreed. Just pretty much good at everything. And sign him on a new deal. He, he has three years left, but sign him on a new deal now. Just keep anybody away because I think that this guy is the future. Mm. And the presence, to be honest. <laughs> I give him a ten. Fair enough. Maybe, maybe a bit extreme, but I don't know. I think a ten. I think it's justified. I think he, he was exceptional all season. Yeah, probably our most consistent I mean, player. Yep, double, and double figures of goals and double figures and assists throughout the whole season. So exactly. I think the only thing you could say is he could have scored a few more goals, but I think the fact that we had Aubameyang there scoring more and the fact that he provided so many assists sort of offsets that argument. So. Yeah, I think a 10. Aubameyang. I give Aubameyang an 8. Um, I think mm. he played played really well, did exactly what's expected of him. I hate mm. seeing fans say, oh, he needs to walk a bit harder. <laughs> we shouldn't have signed him if that's who we wanted, man. That's mm. not Aubameyang. You Although his people... work rate was exceptional for periods. Yeah, and he, he is capable of, of producing mm. quality work rate. Whereas, you know, you look at a striker like, for example, Aguero. Aguero mm. doesn't ever put in a, a hard-working performance. You know, mm. he's just a He's done a scorer. lot more under Guardiola. But yeah, before yeah. that, he didn't do much. But I mean, it's just when we signed Aubameyang, we said, right, come in and score 20 goals a season. What do you yeah. do? You know, 20, so... 31. Yeah, exactly. So mm. fair play to him. Eight for me. Agreed. I, I gave him a nine, but that was, I guess, yeah. we've sort of seen the same thing with our ratings. Uh, yep. I think his performance at Valencia was sublime. We didn't speak about that, but I thought he was nope. like. I think that for me was the performance, the single best performance of the season. Hat trick, debatable, man. yeah. Not just the hat trick though. I think he was brilliant with his runs into the channels, his work rate. He was looking explosive on the ball. I thought he was excellent, and on the whole, he's done what he's had to do. Yes, he could have scored more, but he scored thirty-one goals. What can you say? It's got to be a nine for to me, do, man. Exactly. Oh, fair enough, man. So. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the player ratings. Lovely segment there, conducted by Sir Alfie <laughs> Colshaw. He's been knighted after that. Yes. Um, yes. So we've <laughs> we've been running for a while, and unfortunately, it is time for me to run. 
So, ladies yep. and gentlemen, thank you all for listening. We do appreciate it. Uh, mm. Alfie, this is how we always close, my friend. Marketing <laughs> opportunity of a lifetime. Oh, Go yes. ahead, throw yourself a plug. Uh, well, I want to shout out my guy, uh, Jay, the footballist. Um, I think I've told him about, told you about him a few times um, yes. on Instagram. Yep. His account was deleted this week on 56,000 followers. Oh my God, that is so um, up. I know, loads and loads of work gone into his edits. Um, 3,000 edits just completely gone because what? some dickhead decided to report him and Instagram just takes down anyone who gets reported immediately. Nice. Dickhead Real reported nice. him for no reason. Um, so yeah. Shout out at the footballist one, his new account. He's already got 2,000 followers again. Um, oh, he's gonna he'll get it, don't worry. I hope so. And he's appealing to get his account back, so that could happen. So, yeah, Hopefully shout out happen. at the footballist one, go and follow him on Instagram. Very humble, Alfred. very nice. <laughs> yeah, and then as you know, at Daniel underscore Fenton on Twitter. But the yeah, biggest yeah. thing that I want you to do is keep listening to this podcast. We love having yeah. you guys listen week in and week out. We are going to make this more consistent. However, people our age mm. tend to be very busy. Exams. Wait, from 14th of January, I mean June, sorry, January, uh, potentially uh, two shows a week, if yeah, you're able I, to do that. I should be able to. Um, because I'm completely big... free. Nice. I two, also have two episodes work, a week. But... Yeah, yeah, two transfer episodes a week, maybe. Oh yeah, that'll be good. Maybe we can uh, we can make them uh, mm. forty-five minutes or so, and that would be nice. I feel yeah. like that would be nice for our listeners. So exactly. we'll look into that, and we'll also talk about pre-game friendlies and stuff like that, or mm. pre uh, preseason friendlies. Mm. Um, Arsenal coming to the states, Alfie, but yeah. they're about twelve hours away from me, so I'm probably not <laughs> going to see them, unfortunately. Um, Unfortunate. But, ladies and gentlemen, again, thank you for listening. Last episode got to 99 listeners. Try to make mm. it 100. Please, we really appreciate it. Come thank on. you very much. And we will see you all next time. I'm not going to say when because I don't like to have that much pressure on me. <laughs> I can't handle it. Um, but thank you all for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Adios. See you later.